All right, we're back in another Sound of the Battle Cry, and today we're going to continue the pre-trib series. This point we're going to be talking about today is the scripture in Revelation chapter 4, which talks about John the Apostle going up to heaven and seeing uh, all the events of the book of Revelation. And he uh, is told, come up hither. That's why I've titled it, come up hither, because... I've heard this scripture used to as support for the pre-trib rapture. Now, it gets kind of confusing sometimes because some people that are pre-tribbers say, like, it is the rapture. Some people say it's a picture of the rapture. Um, either way, we're going to refute that today and show that it has nothing to do with the rapture. So let's, lead, let's read the scripture, and then uh, we'll study this out. Revelation chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And by the and remember, this is John the Apostle talking here, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Okay, um, before I get into the uh, point that I was going to make, first look at here what I've highlighted, what I've made bold. He says, after this, I looked, meaning John, a door was opened in heaven and he said, "At the fr- and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me. Okay? So he said, I looked, the voice talked with me. I looked, I heard, the voice talked with me. Now, why am I emphasizing that? Because the first point here is that this is talking directly about John. There is no other people involved in this. There's is nothing to do with the rapture at all. It has nothing to do with any other people. Now that's the only, not the only point I'm going to make, but I'm just going to put that point in there first of all that it's um, only talking about him, and then he says, "Come up hither to John," and he says, "I was in the spirit," and then he saw all these things. I was in the spirit, so it is only has to do with him. All right, now. If you're thinking to yourself, well, it's not actually the rapture. It's like a picture of the rapture, a preview, whatever it is. We're going to refute that right now too, okay? Because what I want you to focus on here is in verse 2, John says, and immediately I was in the spirit. Now, it doesn't say capital S spirit, like in the beginning of the, of the book, He said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, capital S, in the Holy Spirit, like he was praying. No, he was in the spirit, meaning he was caught up in the spirit. He wasn't raptured. He wasn't resurrected. It wasn't his body. It was in the spirit that he was caught up. Being in the spirit and going up to heaven is not the same as the bodily resurrection that will happen at the rapture. The people who are dead will rise up body and soul together to meet the people alive, body and soul. They will be instantly transformed with glorified bodies and meet Jesus in the air. That sounds nothing like this. 
come up hither moment that John experienced. Sounds nothing like it, N- nothing like it, and we're going to break this down more. All right, so now let's look at the contrast. Look at the contrast of what happens at the rapture versus being caught up in the spirit like John was in Revelation chapter 4 at the come up hither moment. moment. Okay, so turn on over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 15 through 17. This is one of those rapture passages. Ready? Let's read it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which were alive, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So what should we notice here? This says all the dead saved people will rise and meet those saved people. Uh, will meet the saved people which are alive in the air to meet the Lord. Okay. And um, so that's the first point. Now, I want you to follow along with me because I'm building on this, okay? There's multiple points to make here. So this is talking about the rapture, right? What do we? Say, what does it say? Those which are alive, uh, I'm sorry, the dead in Christ are going to rise. And then those which are saved people which are alive, they'll be caught up together, meet in the air. All right, now let's read this from another perspective. It's talking about the same event in 1 Corinthians 15 starting in verse 39, okay? And, you know, right before it talks about this event, which just starts in about verse 50, the uh, 1 Corinthians 15 talks all about the resurrection of the dead and the moment of glorification, okay? And it breaks it all down about how we had, an, we, you know, we have a natural body, but we're going to receive a spiritual body, a heavenly body. All right, so let's read that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, starting verse 39. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another of flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Okay? So we know now we're going to be talking about the resurrection of the dead. And then it, it you know it uh explains it to us. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. So what does that mean? What is it? It is our bodies. Okay? Our fallen bodies that are fallen because of Adam's sin, which is passed down onto all of us. And then we have sinned. We have, we have uh, what, what's called vile bodies in the Bible. And we'll see a scripture about that later. But these bodies are corrupt. So it says it is sown in corruption. What does it mean? When you sow a seed, you put it in the ground. When you die, you get buried in the ground. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. What does that tell you? Well, when the resurrection of the dead happens, you will get a new body that is incorruptible. Let's move on to the next one. Verse 43. It is sown in dishonor. 
it is raised in glory. Notice the contrast over and over again. Your earthly body is buried in the ground in dishonor, raised in glory. So it's an incorruptible, glorious body. It is sown in weakness, raised in power. It is a powerful body. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Now, what I want you to pay attention here to this language is because it's very specific. It does not say it is raised a spirit. Okay. And there is a difference. It is raised a spiritual body. Okay. When you are resurrected uh, at the rapture, there is not, you are not, it is not your spirit rising up and floating up to heaven. It is a bodily resurrection, just like Jesus Christ had a bodily resurrection. And we're going to get to that point later too. It is sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. Move on to verse 45. And so it, w- it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Who's the first Adam? First man, Adam was Adam with Adam and Eve, right? The first man that God ever created. But then it says the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Who's the last Adam? That's Jesus Christ. Why does Jesus call Christ called the last Adam? Okay, I'm not trying I'm not trying to go into all kinds of rabbit trails today. Um, we are kind of teaching on the glorification doctrine today, but it is necessary to make the point I'm trying to make. Um, but anyways, Jesus is called the last Adam because he um Adam represented all of mankind. He was the federal head of mankind. That's why when he sinned, we all sinned. The Bible says we sinned in Adam. And guess what? When the Bible says that Jesus was the last Adam, he represented all of mankind. He was the federal head of mankind. That's why he was able to take all of our sin and the punishment for our sin as representing all of mankind. He was the last Adam. And then he he died. He wrote for our sins. He uh, was buried and he rose again the third day. When he was raised, he defeated the curse that Adam had brought upon us, brought upon mankind. The curse of sin, the curse of death was defeated through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the last Adam. Let's continue. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Who's the first man? Adam, of the earth. He was made of the dust of the ground. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Who's that? Jesus Christ. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. As is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Okay, we're seeing this contrast over and over again because it's talking about uh, our sinful nature, our bodies that we inherited, this fle- these flesh and blood sinful bodies that we inherited from Adam of the earth are going to be changed at the rapture, at the resurrection, and we're going to be given heavenly bodies which are different. In verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, Jesus. Now this I now now let's connect it. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. Now pay attention to that blood because that'll come up later. 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. There has to be a change because our earthly, natural, corruptible, weak, dishonorable bodies have to be changed in order to inherit heaven. Okay? In a moment. Happens instantly. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. It says that over and over again. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be receiving new bodies. All right? So this says at the moment the dead and alive in Christ rise to meet the Lord in the air, their bodies will be changed. It says our bodies will be changed into a spiritual body, which is not the same as the corrupt flesh and blood body. This body will bear the image of the heavenly, which we will read more about in a moment. All right, let's continue on. 1 John 3.2 Beloved, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All right, so let's go back. When he shall appear, who's that talking about? Jesus Christ. When Jesus will appear, we shall be like him. We shall be like Jesus. How is that? How are we going to be like Jesus when he shall appear? This again refers to our new bodies, our new incorruptible bodies that are changed to be made like unto Jesus. And the Bible says it again in the next passage, Philippians chapter three, verses 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Once again, it says our vile bodies will be changed to be fashioned like unto Christ's body. Do you believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ? Or do you believe it was just a spirit body like many heretical cults believe? There are heretical cults out there that say Jesus did not rise from the dead bodily, but that it was just a spirit, okay? That his just spirit arose, but it wasn't actually his body that arose. But we see in all the verses that we're reading that it's talking about a spiritual body. You had a natural body, but it's going to be raised a spiritual body. It's going to be a bodily resurrection. It's not going to be a spirit, that's going to that when you when you are resurrected from the dead it's not just going to be a spirit going up to heaven it's a body that you will be given that will be changed okay now what have we been focusing on here it says we shall be like him it says he will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body so what does that mean fashioned it's like if you fashion something you are molding it you're creating it to be like something well it says to be fashioned like unto his glorious body so he's going to take our bodies and make them like jesus's body without sin 
Without sin, sinful nature completely obliterated. Death completely defeated. That's what the new body is. Now, back to this question. Do you believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ? Or do you believe it was just a spirit? Like many heretical cults believe that rose from the dead. Well, let's go to scripture, which says this. Look at this scene after Christ's resurrection. Okay, this is after Christ rose from the dead. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. So what do we have here? After Jesus is risen from the dead, he, he, they thought it was a spirit and he said, no, this is, I'm not a spirit. This isn't a spirit. He said, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Here, touch me. Touch my skin. I got flesh and bones. This is a real body. What do you do with doubt, doubting Thomas? He's like, oh, you think, you think I didn't rise from the dead? Here, touch my wounds. Touch my hands. Put your hand into my side. Look at, look at where I got pierced in the side with that spear. Touch my hands where I was crucified. Yeah, it's really me. This is really the same, the body that I was crucified with, except it, w- it was raised, um, glorified. Okay? His a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. So you see the bodily resurrection that happens at the rapture is much different than John the Apostle being in the spirit, being shown visions of the end times. Much different. Because right here, we have Jesus who had risen from the dead and he said, hey, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones like I have. This is a body. And then all the other scriptures, what do we read? It says, when we're resurrected from the dead, when we're at the moment of the rapture, the alive, uh, they which are alive meet him in the air, our bodies are instantly changed. We're given glorious, incorruptible, powerful bodies. And these bodies are made like unto Jesus, made un- like unto Jesus's body, fashioned like unto him, right? What does it say? That you may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, changing our vile body. Well, if we're fashioned like unto his body, he had flesh and bones. Notice it didn't say blood. But it said flesh and bones. It's a body. It's not a spirit. So at the moment of the rapture and resurrection, we receive an actual body that is glorified. A new body, sinless. So much different than when John said, I am in the spirit. He was in the spirit and he was caught up into heaven. Nothing like the rapture. Nothing like it at all. Why do pre-tribbers Ignore the other times in Revelation. This is another point. Why do preachers ignore the other times in Revelation? It mentions John being shown these visions in the spirit. Because he uses that phrase multiple times. He uses that phrase two more times when referring to John. Revelation 17.3. So he carried me away in the spirit. 
into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Here's another one, Revelation 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. In the spirit, in the spirit. He was in the spirit. Nothing to do with the rapture, nothing to do with the resurrection. It's nothing like it, has nothing to do with it. It's not a picture of it. It's nothing to do with the rapture. So, you know, my final statement is, I hope this is enough proof to show the come up hither moment in Revelation 4 has nothing to do with the rapture. It is not the rapture. And it is not even a picture of the rapture. It is simply John being caught up in the spirit and being shown all of the events at the end of this world. If you are pre-trib, please do not use this scripture as an argument. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good day.